everybody. Thank you for joining us. We are Unleashed No Judgments. I'm Jackie. And I'm Tess. And how are you doing this week? Other than having a five-pound bean rolling around and (laughs) busting up my insides, I'm actually doing okay. That sounds fun. And that's good that you're doing good. Yeah, it's we're settling in finally to post-wedding life. I finally get a feeling of what it is post-fight life right now because Cole had a fight about a week and a half ago and he is taking a short break for a couple months, which means that he actually took a break from going down to the fight gym. So I've got to experience what it's like to have my husband home in the evenings for the first time since being married. So do you like that? Like, do you, are you now missing fight life? Not really. I think for me, I get a little bit anxious in our overthinking ways that we've talked about of if I need to have something planned, like, oh, we should go for a walk or we should go for a hike or play with a dog or have something versus just being able to sit and enjoy each other's company. That's good. It's good that you're not getting tired of each other yet. Nope. I know some couples that when they finally do get to spend time together, they're like, no, I don't, I don't like this. I'm, I gotta go. Or they're like, you need to go. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not quite there yet. That's good. Which has been nice. He's made a couple jokes of, geez, I see you all the time now, but I know he's saying it endearingly and just like, it's still nice because I just went like on this weekend, I went and did breakfast with my best friend and he went to his friend's house. And this weekend coming up, he's going to go hiking with his dad and go plant some cameras for hunting purposes. I don't understand it. And I'm going to stay home. So we're just enjoying it. It's good that you guys are getting the option to see each other or if you want to not see each other. But yeah, it's, it's nice to have that extra added together time. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that's just helped overall as we're winding down towards our last five weeks before... We have a minion join us, which is the other part that I'm just trying to soak up as much me and him time right now. Yeah. Before we have our little human here. That's good. What about you? What have you, what have you been up to this week? How has your week been? Well, so far up until today, the week was really good. Got to spend time with grandpa on Saturday. And then today, well, yesterday I decided I was going to take my, my library books and movies. So today I went to go get in my car to go do that turn that key and just click 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 oh that's the worst sound (laughs) sure is especially when it's the third time in like three or four months and it's it's a new battery now what yeah so i'm sure you've already gone down like the problem solving rabbit hole after the second time so now you're on the third time and it's like what so the first time well so you know a dead battery when you hear it It starts to kind of turn over, and then it's just that loud clicking sound afterwards. So I was like, all right, you know, the battery is kind of old, blah, blah, blah. Tom, my husband, tried to jump my car, wouldn't jump. We took it in. They're like, hey, your battery's bad. I'm like, that makes sense. This bitch is old. Bought a new battery. Everything is going great for the next couple months. Then today, I went out to go start it. That dreaded clicking sound happened. So I was like, well, fuck, what the hell could it be? And part of me kind of knew what it was. But the other part of me is was like, nah, it's got to be more expensive than that. <laughs> because, well, that's our that's our go-to scenario, right? <laughs> it's got to be more expensive because that's our fear. Exactly. Nothing ever is easy. Everything has to be difficult. So we're kind of discussing what's going on because thankfully he was home. So we went out. He tried hooking up my battery, tried jumping it, 
it started to kind of want to turn over, but I think it was just so dead. There was just no hope. So with that being said, in my car, my clock light and my temperature light, they're on the same thing. They normally are supposed to shut off. Yeah. But usually they will freeze and stay on at whatever time and temperature it stopped working at. And when I was working, not a big issue. I was starting my car and driving it every day. Yeah. It didn't really have time to just sit and pull from the battery. But now that I'm not driving, I may start my car and drive it every one or two weeks. And it's a very short trip wherever I'm going. It's the library or the grocery store. And both are very close. Yeah. So that makes it hard. Yeah. And so it's either sitting and that light is draining the battery. And then when I'm driving it, the two, three minutes, either way, it's not getting enough charge to charge it. So I think it's just draining itself over time. So I did set up an appointment at Kia for Friday to go get it checked out. And I'm sure it won't be cheap. And being a dealership, I'm sure they're going to find other issues or what have you. I'm not kidding. I'll go get my oil changed. One day they'll say, oh, you need a new cabin filter or whatever kind of filter. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll change it next time. Then I go in the next time. They're like, no, it looks fine to us. I'm like, well, I don't fucking know what's going on. All right, cool. Then I won't change it. Fine. I'll go home and not give you my money. So is there a reason why you have to go to the dealership? Do you not have like a different small town mechanic that you would trust more so to be honest? So a couple of years ago, my engine started making this banging noise. And it was right after I got my oil changed. So my first thought was this oil place which is a very well-known place. It's a very, like, speed, 10 minutes in and out, but I'm not going to say a name. Out of respect. Out of respect. We don't want to be sued. Mostly the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much just the ladder. And it was loud. Like, people would stop me to be like, hey, there's something wrong. And I'm like, oh, no, you don't say. I can't hear that. My tiny, feeble woman brain doesn't allow me to know fucking common sense thank you so much random man that stopped me in a parking lot and knocked on my window to get me out of my car to tell me the obvious fuck off i get it i know something is wrong oh, fucking patriarchy anyway <laughs> so i took it to a random garage and he tried to figure out where the noise was coming from and he was like oh it's coming from here which is the bad place. And I was like, well, that's not what I wanted to hear. All right. And then my grandpa, who was a co-signer on my car, because when I bought my car, it was a couple years ago. I didn't have great credit. He helped co-sign for me. He enjoyed being able to do that because he liked the thought of being able to help take care of me. I was just about to say, he's in, he's in the grandpa mode, just wants to take care of you. Yes. And I am, I am his favorite granddaughter. I'm not the one that says it. Everyone else says it. I just agree. <laughs> I just accept that <laughs> crown gracefully. I rock that crown. Beautiful, as you should. He wanted me to take it to the dealership. So out of respect, I was like, well, it's going to be more expensive. It's going to cost me $120 just to get it looked at. But okay, that's fine. So I, I had forgot I had that extended warranty on my car. <laughs> and when they went to go check, I believe it was a rod bearing. I have, I have no clue. That was broken or loose. And it was just in there just kind of banging around. Interesting. Yeah, so as long as when they pulled the oil can and there was no sludge in there, they would take on and pay for it. So thankfully I did do that because they paid for my new engine and all the labor and I just had to basically pay like that 120 deductible. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, so from now on, I just take everything to Kia because I didn't have paperwork for my oil changes. And that was the issue with the whole engine check. Oh, gotcha. Because they're like, well, we don't know when you got your oil changed. We don't know all this stuff. So it's going to determine how it looks whenever we pull the pan out and look at it. So now every oil change goes to Kia. I want to make sure I have that paperwork. I'm not going to have friends changing oil. I am not going to take it to some random speed lube place. Everything I'm doing is going through Kia just so I make sure the paperwork is there. No, that makes sense. I was just curious. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long story. (laughs) (laughs) It was there. It was fine. It was good. (laughs) But I'm sorry that you're having car trouble. Car trouble is the absolute worst. Yeah, it sucks when it's a battery because you're like, well, shit, is it the alternator? Is it just draining? What's going on? Are my terminals just dirty? Is it something else weird? Did I get a bad battery? Yeah, it's like, ugh, what is going on? Yeah. So hopefully we'll just say, yeah, it's a parasitic leak from the clock it's just slowly draining your battery dead and since you're not driving it enough and they can maybe pull a fuse or take the fuse out and just shut the clock and temperature off because one i'm gonna check the temperature before i leave i'm gonna know what's going on i have a phone i know what time it is plus you also can't trust the temperature on your car anyway because it's reading like road temperature and the temperature is always thrown off when it sits there yeah, it's like sitting in the sun. It's like, it's 140 degrees. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, no. <laughs> that was my car today where I was like, it's 92 degrees. And then by the time I got to work, it was like, it's down to 83 degrees. I'm like, there you go. There's a difference there. I actually did have my memories from Facebook. And nine years ago today, I did take a photo of my temperature gauge. And I think it was accurate. It's at 106 degrees. And I was like, yeah, that adds up. <laughs> that seems right. It's St. Louis. And it's not just 106. It's also humid. <laughs> it's not a dry heat. No, it is a hot, sticky, you cannot breathe type of heat. Gross. That's why I'm so thankful that I live in Utah because we have dry heat. I hate humidity so much. I am trying not to make, if I make weird noises throughout the podcast <laughs> that you are unable to edit out. Listeners, my daughter inside of me is beating the shit out of me quite literally (laughs) jackie is seeing all my faces and movements and winces of pain right now feel bad i don't know what to do i'm like many states over so (laughs) don't feel bad my husband is apparently getting me chicken tenders and an ice cream on his way home right now for me to have once we finish recording so try and help me feel better (laughs) i have to ask What is the weirdest craving you've gotten? See, I actually haven't had a ton of weird cravings. Like I had like an edamame kick where I like only wanted edamame for a couple weeks. Applesauce for a couple weeks. It's been more just the food aversions. Well, that's normal stuff. Yeah. I'm talking the weird stuff. Like do you want peanut butter and pickles? Like or what is it? Peanut butter ice cream? No, pickles and ice cream. No, none of that. I've heard the peanut butter and pickles. I've heard the pickles and ice cream. I like french fries and ice cream. I think that's normal, though. That's true. Always dip the fries in Wendy's Frosty. You have to. I get the chocolate Frosty, though. Oh, yeah. So, no, I think your introduction was lovely because I am about (laughs) to go on a very fun work rant is my focus for today. I feel like you guys could hopefully relate because whether this be coworkers, family, friends, The overall theme of my rant, as a heads up, is going to be people that put in their opinions at the wrong time 
the wrong place or in specifics with my coworker from a very uneducated standpoint. And I'm not saying that from an entitled, middle-class, predominantly white female with a master's. I'm coming from straight-up profession where I am clinically licensed to give therapy. And I'm sorry, receptionist, who was a hairdresser for 12 years prior to coming into this position, who has nothing beyond her beautician's degree outside of her high school diploma. You are not clinically trained to give therapeutic advice to clients. (laughs) So, yeah. It's been it's been an interesting Monday at work. Let's just start that. It sounds like it. I mean, mind you, she's been doing this for weeks now. And I think today we just kind of hit a climax for me. Because first off, we had a moment today where a fellow therapist and I monitored our receptionist long enough to realize she was on our company phone just chit-chatting with a client. For, Jackie, I'll let you guess, how long do you think that she was chit-chatting? Just talking about whatever to a customer. I want to say the most, I guess, acceptable a lot of time that you could get to chat would probably be 15 minutes because sometimes you get carried away in a conversation, but it sounds like it was probably longer than that. I'm going to say maybe like 30, 40 minutes, maybe an hour. Yeah, (laughs) it was about 40, 45 minutes, Mm. mind you. During this time, she was ignoring other phone calls coming into the office. What? She wasn't answering emails. Uh-uh. She can't talk and email at the same time? Oh, no. She fails at it. It's her job. Exactly. And the thing is, we are, once again, we are a mental health clinic. We have HIPAA. We have confidentiality. We have a sense of professionalism that I feel like any company should have. That I don't care if you're working at... I don't know where the hell you would work, that it would be appropriate to chit-chat with a customer for 45 minutes. Maybe retail? Like, I don't know, Target? Walmart? I mean, probably not 45 minutes, but... Maybe if you're walking around and restocking shelves? Yeah, or showing them where things are? I don't know. 45 minutes. You know what? If you're a hairdresser, because you're doing hair, you can probably chat for 45 minutes. Yeah, sure, in that 45 minutes. Maybe she should go back to her fucking job. Her old job. Yeah, no, I completely agree because when you're ignoring phone calls, when you're not answering emails. When you're giving clinical advice as a non-clinician. Oh, yeah. Well, and then it made me laugh even harder because not only did I, yes, I'll admit it, kind of shit talk with this other co-therapist when we collaborated, like, did you hear that? Was she on for as long as I noticed? And we both understood that it was 45 minutes. She then goes into this other therapist's office that shares a wall with me and I can hear her because she's so loud, complaining about how she doesn't have time to do anything at this job. Well, no, she's got to talk to people for like an hour. She doesn't have time to get shit done. I'm just throwing this out there, Tess. I am available. (laughs) I can do that job. Oh, yeah? I mean, from home, but... I'm not going to go talking to people for 45 minutes. I don't like people that much. Or talking on the phone if you listen to our last episode. And you know what? You do like people that much because I think you and I talked for about an hour and 20 minutes before we hit record. (laughs) I do love like talking to some, sometimes most people, but I'm not going to sit there for 45 minutes and just talk to clients. No. On the business phone. I'm smarter than that. Use my cell phone. Exactly. If you 
have friends. I live in a small town. I get it. I've seen people that walked into my office that I technically have a dual relationship with that I pretend like I have no clue who the hell they are out of respect for their privacy. When will I have a conversation with them? Outside of business hours. So that was like strike number one today. Well, technically it was strike number two because it was in the afternoon. Mind you, this morning we had a mandatory training on de-escalation of clients when in crises. And we didn't have a regular trainer. We had a member of our executive board come up and do the training with us. He got through the training pretty quickly, but then ended, hey, you're our satellite location since you have a member of the board right here. Because we're about 40 minutes away from our corporate offices. Talk to us. Ask me any questions about what's been going on, why we've been struggling. Right now, my company has 56 openings, 21 of which are for therapists. Like, we are in a staffing crisis. And so, we're having a really good discussion. But then, once again, our receptionist starts telling our executive board her opinions of how they should be running this giant company. And what needs to happen and you could just see his face be like, what? Like, you have you have no room to say any of this. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, honey, no. <laughs> and at one point, and like, I turned my back to her and I kind of looked down because I couldn't let her see my face. But it was just like, dude, your opinion is not valid here. And I'm not trying to be entitled when I say this. But it was one of those moments where she felt so strong about it, but then everybody in the room was kind of like, you have no place to say this. So what did she exactly say? So like, for example, we have, like I said, we're short-staffed. At our clinic alone, we're short-staffed. We're hiring two or three therapists. And we have what's called MCOT, which is the Mobile Crisis Outreach Team. Mm-hmm. And this is the mental health professionals that go out with the police officers with suicide calls. Oh, okay. Or escalated individuals or those that need hospitalization, things along those lines, right? Mm-hmm, right. So our MCOT therapist quit, and so our boss, our program manager, has been having to pick up all the slack since we haven't been able to hire one. And he's been having to pull, like, 60-hour weeks, 60, maybe 70-hour oh, weeks. Wow. Because he's expected to do his normal job with his caseload, managing our clinic, on top of going out for these mobile crisis team calls. She looks at our executive board member and goes, you really need to make other people from Provo come up here and work the MCOT so he can have time off. To me, that would make me feel like he is complaining to her about having to work too much. And that's not what you want your boss to hear coming from a third party. No, not especially our boss's boss's boss. Yeah. And sorry, hate to say this, and I'm not trying to seem mean, but she is the lowest member on our totem pole. She is our receptionist that answers our phone and checks in clients. That's all she does. And she's telling our one of our executive board members, you really need to tell your CEO that you guys just need to send someone up here and make them come help Chad. So what did Chad do after she said that? Chad wasn't in the room because he got called out for an MCOT call. Because if I was Chad, I would have been fucking mortified. Oh, we all were for her. Because it's just like, dude, like, you don't have the place for it. And like I said, this is just a very small example. This is something that's been building up between me catching her giving clinical advice to one of my client's parents through the window. 
of her little check-in window. We caught her, this one's going to make you quiver. She legitimately said to a client who had missed a couple appointments, why are you so incompetent that you can't keep your scheduled appointments? <gasps> no. Oh, yeah. No. Uh-uh. They're coming for mental health issues. What the fuck? You, no, you can't. How does she still have a job? I need answers. I think a piece of this, and mind you, I went and talked to my boss about her for a solid hour on Friday or Thursday last week. But I think a part of it is because we are so short-staffed and my boss has been having to work so hard that he's not around to witness this because he goes on these MCOT calls where she complains about not having time to do anything but no shit, at least three times a day, I walk into her office and she's scrolling on TikTok. It has gotten to the point where we've had clients take pictures of her on her cell phone instead of helping them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. I, I don't like it. And so, yeah. So, like, her opinion of just, A, telling our executive board member what to do, me catching her giving clinical advice... And then her having the audacity to ex complain that she doesn't have time to do anything. I was just done. I'm not sure what to do about it right now because I've gone to my boss so many times. And his response to me was, the hard thing is it's just going to be a thing of she said, she said. And if she denies it, there's not much I can do about that. Um, if there's video evidence, I disagree with him. There's a lot you can do about it. There's video evidence in... Don't you record your calls? No, we don't record calls, but we do record our call log where it will say if she was on the phone for 40 minutes. Well, there you go. There's that, that sounds like evidence. But yeah, that was his response last week when I was mentioning things to him of, oh, I can't give a corrective action notice or corrective action plan if it's just all hearsay. So I guess just start videotaping, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I'm seriously lost on what to do. That's why I think I'm just bringing an intervent about here because there's only so much I can do. I've reported her. I've gone to my boss multiple times. I told her about, I've told him about incidents. I've seen him document incidents. I followed up with it, but yeah, I just, I don't know what to do. So either there's a reason he doesn't want to bring anything against her. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. Because you can bring anybody into the office for a talk that says, hey, so-and-so and so-and-so, and -so, it sounds like there's four or five of you guys who are bringing it to his attention saying she is not performing her job correctly. Yeah. You can pull anybody into the office and give them a warning saying, hey, a couple of people have come to me and said, you are spending more time doing personal stuff at work rather than doing actual work stuff and that's why you're not getting your job done. If I hear or see this happening again, you'll get a write-up. I don't understand why he can't do that. I don't either. I don't either. Thank you. This has been a headache that I've been having for months. And I think I'm just over it right now. Like, I am so, so over it that this is the frustration. I guess I didn't plan on jumping this far into it, but we're just doing a deep dive into my work frustrations, people, and lack of professionalism. Because this was the other comment I got from my boss last week when I approached him of... You have to realize, and no, my coworkers don't know about this podcast, so they won't hear this. That's fair. Um, he told me, you have to realize there is a functional ceiling that I'm working with in regards to our receptionist that we've hit. A what? 
A functional ceiling. What is that? So I think he's trying to imply that she's maxed out on her abilities to function or there's only so much we can expect her to do. I would say her job should be at minimum. she's hit. She's hit her functional ceiling. Then find a new fucking person. Thank you. My goodness. I know. It just... I'm sorry. If you're saying your worker is unable to do their job and everyone else just needs to be okay with it, that's not okay. Or I, as a clinician, need to pick up administrative paperwork bullshit that's outside of my job description because our receptionist has met her functional ceiling. Excuse me, go fuck yourself. At this point, it's kind of like, do you even need a receptionist? Is she even doing enough to even be necessary for the job? At this point, not really. Like, yes, it would mess with our schedule a little bit, but I don't know. I'm torn right there. That's where I'm starting to be at. Because she does help put clients in the system. She does open up their charts, checks them in while they're here. But I don't know. Like, she even questioned me today. I sent her an email. We have a process of request of, hey, I need you to call this person and do X, Y, and Z. Or I need you to just do X, Y, and Z. So I sent her an email. I need you to call this client and have them come in to sign paperwork for court. Simple request, right? So what do you do as a receptionist? You pick up the phone. You dial the number. Hi, this is so-and-so calling from this company. We need you to come in and sign paperwork. That's it, right? No, instead she questions me. Hell, you don't even need a receptionist for that. Most places now just send out a text message. Yeah, but she questions me and she's like, um, well, they're supposed to come in anyway and do this paperwork. They were supposed to come in last week and they didn't. Do you still want me to call if they might come in? Yes. Yes, call them. Because clearly if they were supposed to come in last week and didn't, we can't trust that they're still going to come in. And once again, this is a mental health clinic. I'm not trying to be disparaging towards population of focus because I feel like every single human being on this planet can benefit from therapy at any time. Hell, I'm in therapy regularly. I I just use you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But for those that are court ordered, a lot of the time if you're seeking services, you're not at the best state of mind. No. You usually have shit going on in your life. And you're going to want to try to get out of whatever it is you're doing because, again, you have shit going on. You're depressed. Depressed people don't want to do things. Depressed or anxious or struggling with substance use or trauma or anger management or anything, no matter what it is that you're dealing with. Yeah. Like, don't fucking question me if I'm asking you to do your job. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, you could set up a reminder two days before an appointment. You can have a reminder sent to their phone or their email. You don't need her to do that. She's lucky that you allow her to do that. Yeah. So I guess I'm just, it is, I know I targeted my receptionist because she was like my main piece. My boss was secondary today. He was making comments during this training of other aspects of, I'm just like, this is not appropriate. This is not okay. Where his is more of the non, not the right time or not the right audience. Because once again, we're a little satellite hub. My office has nine people in it. It is a very small office, so we are pretty close. But once again, we had an executive board member come up, and he's trying to chit-chat with us during this training, make it not boring, everything else. And I don't know how it got brought up. Oh, we were talking about money for some reason, and how nobody carries cash anymore. That is true. Well, I don't carry cash. He's like, you only carry cash if you're a 
drug dealer. <laughs> and then one of my coworkers goes, or if you're a sex worker. And I said, or you're my husband and you got cash for your ticket sales last week. My husband carries cash just because you never know. Exactly. And so, but off the comment of my husband getting cash for ticket sales, because I was like, a lot of people carry cash, but whatever. And for some reason, that was my first example that came to mind versus like, unless you work in a restaurant and get tipped out in cash. That's also, that's also very true. Yep. Bartender, get tipped out in cash. Anyway, my boss in front of, once again, the board members makes a comment of, oh yeah, I'm never going to one of your husband's fights tests. Mind you, we're in the middle of a mandatory training. And this guy is training us, looks at me, looks at him. And he goes, yeah, I asked her husband to sign my chest at at his wedding and he wouldn't do it. So I'm boycotting his fights. That's fair, Tess. Shame on Cole. He should have signed those man titties when he had the chance. (laughs) Well, and I responded and I said, hey, Chad, he said anything above the neck. That's, that that is also fair. Because he did at our wedding. And so I shot back at him. (laughs) But then he like continued to go off and I'm like, Dude, like, we're in the middle of a professional training in front of an executive board member. Seriously? Like, why Why is my personal piece getting brought up into this meeting right now? Because every time he looks in the mirror and he's shirtless, it reminds him of the time <laughs> that he was denied, and now he's just sad all the time. Which, I mean, <laughs> sure, make that joke to me. Maybe I'm just a prude. No, it's awkward, yeah. But in front of an executive board member? Time and place, people! <laughs> time and place! Come on. Come on. Because our receptionist who tries to jump on board. Oh my God, you didn't really say that, did you? Oh my God, that's so hilarious. Ha 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 ha. How did Cole respond? I'm like, please shut up. Read the room, people. Please realize that that was just awkward for everybody and you guys continuing to go off on it is making it so much worse. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel better. (laughs) I had one of those where I'm like, come on, buddy. Read the room. This weekend, one of my friends posted on Facebook that one of her friends passed away. Oh, that's sad. I was texting my friend, and I'm sorry for your lost text. And here comes Tom trying to get all fresh and frisky. I had to look at him and be like, hey, can you stop trying to fuck me for a minute? I'm trying to send out an I'm sorry for your lost text. Like I was just kind of deadpan about it, just like, hey, come on, buddy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> of course you had to. Like, well, obviously, in the moment, you had the right tone of just, like, seriously? Like, we're not doing this. So, I mean, that's literally exactly what I said. And thankfully, we both have very similar sense of humor. So, we both started really laughing about it. It was just, yeah. (laughs) Hands to yourself. Trying to get fresh with me. I'm a lady. I'm trying to be a caring lady. Oh, lovely Tom. (laughs) And he didn't know. He, He had no idea that I was sending out that message. He was just, he was just trying to shoot his shot, you know? I mean, God bless him. God bless. God bless. <laughs> or is he so, or is he so insightful of a husband that he was able to notice that you were saddened that he was like, I know what will make her feel better. This girl needs some loving. <laughs> I got you, girl. I got you. Let's, let's give her some of that good, some of that good, good to make her feel better. Yeah. You want some of that good, good? <laughs> In a fucking minute, Tom. Jeez, let me press send. Please. Goodness. I mean, at least it was over text and it wasn't like you <laughs> trying to leave a voicemail or something. God forbid FaceTiming her. Hey. <laughs> hey, go away. Tom's here, by the way. <laughs> Here's Tom. Say hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But no, I'm glad that you've had similar experiences of people read the room, not the time and place, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's something we can all agree on is a read the room moment. Oh, yeah. Read the room or like, and this is the other thing, like, maybe this is just me. I am not a pity laugher. I am not one who just because you're my boss or my coworker, you say a really lame joke. I'm not going to laugh just to make you feel better. I don't. I If it's inappropriate, I will not laugh. I am not going to give in to that. I'm sorry. You made an inappropriate joke. I'm going to let it fall flat on its face as it should. Oh, yeah. And I think maybe I mentioned this before. And I don't think I did on the podcast. Maybe it was just a you and me conversation. If I literally had this conversation with my boss where he was going off about having to be in some professionals meeting where the higher up than him was making all these jokes. And he's like, and you could just tell that everybody was just laughing just because of who was talking versus the fact that it was actually funny. He was saying that, talking about how much it bugged him and how he was like, Haha, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I won't do that. I said, you realize that happens for you too, right? And he goes, what? And I said, Chad. Yes, my boss's name is Chad. I said, Chad, you have to realize how much that happens in our staff meetings when you tell these jokes or stories and how much people laugh about them. I said, I'm not laughing most of the time. Wait, do you really think that people will do that just because I'm their boss? And I was like, do you not realize that people do that for you too? That they laugh just because you're their boss? No, and he was like, Oh, really? And I was like, yeah, Chad, notice it. Notice who does and doesn't laugh. And then it was like a week later, he goes, yeah, I realized that you and Adriana weren't really laughing. I was like, yep, pretty much. I said, because I'm not going to give you a pity laugh. So I have two things. When I was in seventh or eighth grade, one of my teachers just told a joke and it, it did not land. Nobody thought it was funny. But every single one of us, and it was a small school, so like... 30 of us only since none of us thought it was funny we all in our own minds decided to do that polite thing where we're like uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> and he was like you know you don't have to laugh if you don't think it's funny right and we're like you're a teacher we're just trying to be respectful but no that joke was not funny <laughs> but also as a female who has worked in culinary for I don't know almost 10 years maybe more I have dealt with so many inappropriate, sexist, misogynistic, just you name it, I've dealt with it jokes. And in the beginning, I laughed, I played my part, but toward the end, I was, no, it's not funny, not appropriate, and that's not okay. I worked with someone who was switching over to become the boss or to take over, and the boss was like, oh, well, we got a bunch of girls here. And she goes, well, there's no girls here. And I look at her, I go, uh, yeah, I'm a girl. I'm not going to pretend to be a man to try to fit in. No, 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 no. I'm a female and I am perfectly content and I am fine and I am proud to be a female in this industry. I'm not going to try to pretend like I'm a guy to fit in. No, I don't give a shit. I've been in this industry long enough. I am not going to bend over to make anybody else comfortable. No. No. Absolutely shouldn't. And I had a boss, the same boss. When I first started working, he did that thing where he went to go give me a little back rub real quick. And I was, I squirmed. I was like, mm. I go, no, I don't like that. I don't like being touched. I don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah, no. Just like they say in my favorite murder, you have to fuck politeness. 
Don't fucking touch me. You didn't ask. You don't get to sit there and just give me a back rub. No, that's not okay. Don't, don't touch me. Don't say an inappropriate joke. Not doing this anymore. I'm here to make myself feel comfortable. And if you don't like it, well, then sucks to be you. Yeah. Don't bring up my wedding within a meeting with, with an executive board member. I mean, was he trying to shame you for that? Or was he trying to make you feel bad for that? No, he was trying to make it be like a funny moment and a joke and stuff like that. But it was just so misplaced and inappropriate. And I own, once again, I do own, I was the one that mentioned my husband getting cash off of ticket sales. It just like kind of came to me and I said it. But he didn't need to bring that up. But him bringing up, him asking to sign my husband's chest at our wedding. What? Which like I said, it was just awkward. And mind you... That was the first time meeting my husband ever. <sighs> it's such a weird thing. And I will say my boss did come back and apologize to me, but I was like, I'm not giving in. That was wrong what you did. You didn't ask. <laughs> you just touched me. I love how we somehow transitioned into sexist roles <laughs> on this vent. Oh, well. Eh, that's what happens. This is our podcast. If you like it, rate, review, subscribe. If you don't, then Keep sorry. moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> do subscribe do tell your friends just do not rate or review exactly if you don't like it you can still tell your friends i mean (laughs) but no i mean that wasn't a place for him to bring that up because it made you feel uncomfortable he should have known that from the beginning inside jokes are supposed to be inside jokes you don't bring inside jokes to the outside world because the outside world doesn't get them well and then mind you that also brought up the awkward fact And I know I'm going way off script here, but I did not invite pretty much most of, most if not all my coworkers to my wedding. Same, actually. (laughs) Because mind you, like, well, you had COVID as an excuse. Yeah, but they weren't invited before that though. True. But I mean, yeah, we'll go with COVID. We'll go with COVID. Yeah, that's why. But like when you have an open house reception, like maybe this is more Utah culture things, like people expect that you're going to invite coworkers, right? The only reason why I initially had invited my boss is he kind of like awkwardly invited himself to my wedding because he had asked me about it leading up to the wedding and everything. And I was reminding him of the days off and he goes, so am I getting invited to this thing or what? (laughs) Oh, and it was just one of those like, uh, yeah, sure. Moments, right? Like I didn't feel like I could say no. Yeah. We had the same issue. You know what I mean? Where I was like, uh, sure. Yeah, I'll bring you your invitation. I said, we just haven't gotten a lot of them out. I just kept forgetting them. Mind you, I also then felt obligated to invite the receptionist. That bitch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mind you, I'd also been, I also then felt obligated to invite the receptionist, which shows once again how awkward she makes it and how unprofessional she makes it. Because I didn't want to deal with her bitch fitting about the fact that I didn't invite her to the wedding. So I invited my boss and my receptionist to my wedding. I didn't invite a single other person. And so for him to mention that he was in attendance at my wedding in front of our entire staff of, yes, only nine people. But even then, I feel like that makes it worse because there was only nine people in my office that everybody's like, oh, you could have invited them to show good face, right? No, but you just confirmed that you got an invite over everybody else. I actually told my coworkers that were invited, don't tell anybody else because you guys are the only ones invited. And I don't want to start any drama. Yeah, my office clearly isn't good at that. Even though I wasn't even close with any of my other coworkers, but that's just how people are. Well, so we had an issue with kind of like how you were saying. 
We had some, not technically family, because we're not related. Family is so much more than blood. Uh, well, we're also not very close with them. Okay. We're not, we're not not close with them. We see them at, like, certain birthday parties, because they are in-laws to actual family. Gotcha. And we actually weren't going to invite them, because we weren't really sure with, like, how close we were... Where we stood, we see them, like, a couple times a year, and that's it. We don't really have any communication outside of that. Mm-hmm. So we did not send them a save-the-date card. But our family that got it had told them about it. I love those. Yeah, so when we got to the party, the birthday party that they were also at, they were like, oh, my gosh, we're so excited for your wedding. We can't wait to be there. And we're both like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is awkward. You didn't get your save the date yet? That's so weird. So we did eventually get their save the dates out. And we got their invitations out. But we did not invite the kids. But guess who came? Oh, yeah. The kids. Which turned out not to be that big of a deal because COVID happened and we did have, you know, extra seats. But it was the fact that they didn't respect the number of attendances. We wrote... We're excited to see you and a plus one. We have reserved you two seats. Came with like four people. Oh, yeah. We only had that issue with one of our guests where one of our guests basically said, screw you, I don't care, I'm still bringing my girlfriend when we said no plus ones to this section of the wedding. But on the flip side, my best friend who got married on my birthday in 2020, um, her she had something very similar where her husband's aunt and uncle texted them and I was like oh my god we're so excited we just bought the plane tickets for all of us well that's awkward all of us being their two grown adult children and a wife when this was supposed to be a very small and intimate wedding which mind you my and he's a friend too but my friend wasn't even going to invite his aunt and uncle because he's not close with them he only did it out of respect to his mother yeah Here's the fun twist of fate, because at that point, they already bought their plane tickets. They were flying from the East Coast. The fun twist on it was his family, this family that wasn't initially invited, were the only ones to stay for the entire wedding. Aww. The groom's parents left before the toast. Nuh-uh. Before dessert. No. Before the first dance. Why? That is awful. This family that wasn't invited... We're the only ones to stay for the entire thing. Ugh, that's awful. So that one's a blessing in disguise, but I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this now. I just (laughs) (laughs) want to say there's some positivity to that, I guess. I was trying to pull out of it. Sometimes the blessings come out of the least expected. But yeah, but for now, I'm still stuck in the... I hate my coworkers, and I don't want to go to work tomorrow because... I am sick of them. I am sick of her complaining that she has nothing to do and no time to do anything when she literally does nothing with the time that she has. I mean, can you walk out and just say, hey, can you get off your phone? I mean, I could. And I've done it before. Doesn't mean that it takes a long-term change. I would just walk up, stand behind her, take a picture of her on her phone and make sure that you get TikTok or Facebook, whatever it is that she is on. So you do have proof that she's doing that. And that way your boss can't be like, Oh, well, you know, 
It's what she does now. Yeah. Well, and this is just going back to, I actually told my boss about that of like, I don't understand why this is happening when I said this last week. And I was like, Chad, I walked into her office and she's on TikTok just scrolling. And he goes like, well, did she have anything to do? Her fucking job? I don't know. I said, when does she not have something to do? And I said, we've heard of so many different things that she has to have done. And I said, you asked her to do one thing this week. It's Thursday. She hasn't sent it out yet. She's supposed to send out a staffing minutes agenda of everything we covered in the morning meetings. I haven't seen that yet this week. And he's like, well, yeah, her latest project has been the voicemails. And I looked at him and I said, oh, so did you just admit to me that she has a project she's supposed to be working on when her immediate job duties aren't being held? But yeah, she's scrolling TikTok and he just... <laughs> and he just stared at me. And I'm like, yep, you're right. <laughs> he's like, way to catch me there. I said, yeah. And I think, honestly, I think it's just... I think it's that my boss is burnt out because, like I said, he's been working 60-hour weeks, between 50-60-hour weeks, with an hour and a half commute each way. I don't know. I think there's some flirtation going on. There's a reason why he wants to keep her around the office, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't think that they're having any type of affair. I I can get that. I just know that he is very loyally dedicated to his wife and four children. Oh, well, you bring that in. That's my bad. Now I apologize. <laughs> I think it's just more the fact that, like I said, he's burnt out. He is too busy with trying to run the MCOT team, run our clinic, see a caseload. Like I said, he's working about 60 hours a week with an hour and a half commute each way. That our receptionist watching TikTok, 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 <laughs> not TikTok, <laughs> is low on his priority list right now. When he is stressing over the fact that he is losing a therapist, aka me, for eight weeks in five weeks. So I got to go on my maternity leave soon. Oh, you're only taking eight weeks? That's all I'm allowed to take. Oh. With pay- paid leave, I'm only allowed eight weeks. But anywho, what, my friend, is your wholesome moment for the week? Because I want to get off. Because <laughs> I'm cutting myself off knowing that I will vent about this work shit for hours. Wait, so this isn't going to be a three-hour podcast? No. Oh, well, fine. I also probably need to go eat some food. Probably. And get up and walk around to try and help fix the alien inside of me. Because <laughs> she's beating the crap out of me still. But yes, would you like to go first on your wholesome moment, or would you like me to go first? No, I'll go first. I I really enjoy my wholesome moment this week. Surprise, surprise. It involves my grandpa. <laughs> I know, we're all shocked. But it also involves Tom, so that's a new one. <laughs> Although I do love him very much. He's my wholesome moment in life. But he's also usually our punchline. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> And I always ask him if it's okay after the fact. So it's easier to ask forgiveness than it is to ask permission. Sometimes. Anyway, wholesome moment. We love each other. We have a very good relationship. We are both very sarcastic individuals. And that is basically our relationship. So it works out well for both of us. We're the butt of each other's jokes. Perfect. My jokes are just better than his, so. But no, my wholesome moment is, like I mentioned earlier, we went up to go see my grandpa this weekend. And we always have such a great time with him because he's so funny. Like, he just says the funniest stuff. But Tom recently has started learning farming terms and farming slang so he can start to talk farming with my grandpa and just have that one extra thing to bond with him over. 
Oh. We were driving to Jerseyville, which is a town near where my grandfather lives. It's in Illinois. It's very small, very farm community. Mm-hmm. And my family has farm along the highway, so you can look at it. And my grandpa's very hard of hearing. So Tom kind of looked at me in the back seat and goes, hey, it's thigh high by the 4th of July, right? Talking about the corn, corn stalks. And I was like, no, it's <laughs> knee high by the 4th of July. You got you to gotta get that, uh, that little country twang in there. Oh, yeah. That knee high by the 4th of July. So Tom looks at my grandpa. Well, doesn't fully look. He's driving. But gets his attention and goes, hey, grandpa, it's knee high by the 4th of July, right? And just so tickled that Tom knew that. Grandpa was just so excited to start talking about it and just kind of starts going off into farming stuff. And as I'm sitting in the back seat, I just kind of write down like my wholesome moment. It's so sweet that he goes out of his way to be able to to do that because... Most people wouldn't do that, but it's so, it's kind of so small, but it's such a big thing at the same time. Because my grandpa is a lifelong farmer. He's farmed his whole life. He is retired at 94, but he still likes to ride his four-wheeler out and go watch my uncle and my cousin's farm and talk to them about everything that's going on. Oh, yeah. So Tom likes to do everything he can to be a part of, kind of try to fit in in that part of my grandpa's life. And it's... It's just so sweet. It was so, it was so, I almost started crying. I was like, oh my gosh, that is so sweet and so cute. Oh, it absolutely is. It's that extra step showing like how much Tom cares about you and cares about your grandpa and yeah. that relationship being built. And another, like there's a couple other things. Like anytime my grandpa gets a haircut or if he's even wearing a new pair of jeans or a new shirt, Tom immediately notices that I haven't seen that before. Is that new? And my grandpa's like, oh, yeah. And then he'll explain. He's like, yeah, I can't button these buttons anymore. So I had to get the pullover. Like, you know, he goes into the explanations. And, of course, we're there for that. And he just gets so tickled that people notice that he has a new hat on or a new shirt or new pants on. Another thing I've noticed is we were sitting at the restaurant at the dinner table. And Grandpa was talking. And Tom was just, like, texting into his phone. And I was like, what you doing over there? And he showed me his phone, and he starts writing down, he's been putting into his phone, he calls them grandpa-isms. Anytime my grandpa, like, has this cute, kind of funny off-the-wall quote or a saying, Tom will write it down so he can remember it later. I love that. That's so adorable. <laughs> I, oh, I love it so much. Watching Tom and grandpa together is just one of my favorite things to do. No, that's awesome. I love that awesome moment. Yeah, so what is your wholesome moment, my dear? Mine is pretty simple. So we have one of those fancy, super expensive Dysons. Like the Dyson vacuums. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, no, I knew it was a Dyson vacuum. I'm like, I don't know what kind they have. (laughs) Um, But ours has a dog brush attachment. Oh, nice. Where it's literally like a dog brush, but the bristles are retractable. And so you have it on while the vacuum's on, and it literally vacuums in all the hair that you've been brushing off oh okay that's nice so it's wonderful minus the fact that usually dogs are terrified of vacuums right oh my gosh yes cooper not a fan they hate it he's like one out of ten would not recommend no Mm -mm. but he not only once this weekend but twice let me and my husband vacuum him (gasps) oh 
and he was terrified. He got some lunch meat and treats afterwards, but it was just so nice because a he is once again a German Shepherd with tons of hair. It's been close to 100 degrees. He is shedding like crazy. That for him to let us vacuum him, it was wonderful, and it was just cute. And there was one point on the second day that he was just done, and Cole was laying on the couch. I was sitting on the floor vacuuming him, and where he just jumped up and like literally jumped on top of Cole and was like hiding behind him. <laughs> We're like, okay, hey, he's done for the day. But we still let him go, and it like he still let us do it, which made me happy. I don't know, simple wholesome moment. That's so sweet. Minus today that while I was trying to get ready to set up for this podcast and the recording, I simply touched the vacuum, and he ran all the way upstairs and hid in the corner of my bedroom between my bedside table and my dresser and my bed. <laughs> so he did not want me touching the vacuum near him. You know, I think that's so. I think that's really cute that he let you vacuum him. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, yeah, he got some treats out of it, but no, that is, it's one of those, like, kind of a special moment. Yeah, it's sweet. I like it. (laughs) So Tess just sent me a message saying, hey, we got to speed it up a little. My pains are getting worse. And I, I saw the T, so I thought it was Tom sending me the message, and I just skimmed it. So all I read was, we need to wrap this up. I was like, this motherfucker better not be telling me to hurry up. I'm horrible at reading text messages. Just ask my husband. He's he's always like, did you read the message? I was like, no. He's like, why'd you come? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh-huh. We were in a group message the other day, and I was, I'll admit it, I was addicted to TikTok. I'm not even ashamed. I'm a little ashamed, but I still like it. But I was looking at TikTok, and I started getting these group messages, so I just kind of, like, glazed over it real quick. I was like, yeah, okay, it's fine. I'll get through later. Tom comes in to ask me about it, and I answered, but my answer was not what the text had said. The text was like, hey, we're going to do a party at 2. Are you in? And I was like, Tom, the party's not at 2. The party's obviously at night. We're shooting fireworks off. And he goes, Jackie, it says at 2. And I go, well, I didn't read the message. He's like, you never read the text. I was like, I was busy. I was busy. (laughs) I was watching TikTok. Come on. But back to me texting her that we need to speed it up. (laughs) Yes, but back to Tess. So again, Tess had texted me, and all I saw was the T, didn't read the name, and I just say, hey, we got to hurry up. And I was like, oh, this better not be Tom telling me to hurry up with the podcast. I'm going to be sleeping on the couch again. (laughs) I text her, I go, girl, I thought you were Tom telling me to hurry up. I was like, boy, sleeping on the couch again. But then I actually did read it for once. And I was like, oh, it was Tess. Okay, well, that's fine. Well, that's fine. That's fine. And then we just keep going anyway. <laughs> yeah. So here we are now. So on that note, thank you guys for listening. Are you even still with us, people? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Let's see where we lost them. Come back to us. Please don't leave us. Please don't. I don't know how many listeners we have now, but please don't. I don't like when people leave me. I have dependency issues. Of people. This is Jackie's only job right now, guys. It's all I have. (laughs) (laughs) So on that note, we will be back next week with more fun and venting and everything else. We appreciate you guys. Have a good rest of your night, day, evening, morning. Whatever time you guys are listening to this, seriously, we appreciate you so much. And we cannot wait to have you back with us again next week. Yes, for I have now lost track of how many episodes we've recorded. It doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) <laughs> it does it just doesn't <laughs> what are numbers anyway okay guys we'll talk to you later bye bye 
Email us at unleashednojudge at gmail.com with any ideas, stories, feedback, or just anything that you would like to discuss with us. Again, that is unleashednojudge at gmail.com. U-N-L-E-A-S-H-E-D-N-O-J-U-D-G-E at gmail.com.